0: This morning, uh, if you're looking at your note guide, it says Wes Smith. Uh, And this is the moment where I should introduce Wes Smith, except there's one problem. He got caught in weather and didn't make it. So we're just going to roll with it this morning, right? Sometimes God, like we we plan and prepare, and yet sometimes the Lord reorders our steps. So I'm going to ask for a little bit of grace this morning. Uh, Literally this morning, sat down. Wes called me last night at 6.30 he said, I'm not going to make it, so you're going to have to figure it out. And I guess in this lead pastor thing, I guess that's my job now. To, to, so I tried to get Steve to take it on. He's like, no, this is yours now. Good luck. So this is, this is what we do now. So um, I just thought this morning as I was praying about it early today, I felt like God just said, go back to what you know. And so I want to reflect just a little bit on my journey this morning about my call into ministry. And and vicariously, I want to reflect together as a community about our collective call into ministry. And so I'm going to just pause and pray for us uh, real quick. And then we're going to look at the call of Jeremiah and just kind of reflect on that together. So would you pray with me this morning? Um, Heavenly Father, moments like this can be a surprise for us where we have a plan and we have everything in order. And then you redirect our steps. And so, Father, in these moments, it's uh, in some ways a reminder of how little control we have. It's a reminder that um, surrender is ultimately what we need, to surrender everything fully and completely to you. And sometimes in a moment like this, God, you you push us to a place of being uncomfortably surrendered. And so, Father, we had no option this morning but to surrender to your plan and your purpose. And so, Lord, we trust that this redirection of the word that's going to be brought this morning in a different message, God, we trust that it's all in your plan. And so, Lord, would you use this as unrefined and as raw as it is uh, to bring glory to yourself and to call us more deeply into life in you. Father, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're going to look through Jeremiah chapter 1 this morning. Um, This, for me, this particular passage has been a significant part of of my walk with Jesus Christ. It's been a significant part of my call into ministry. And so we're just going to kind of walk through this and reflect on Jeremiah and how we stepped into obedience in God's call in his life and what this means for us as, as followers of Jesus. Jeremiah chapter one, the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anatoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. And through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me saying... Now, let me pause there. One of of the things I identify with Jeremiah is he he says in kind of his little introduction there that he's Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, a priest. And and for me personally... um, Man, ministry was not something that I grew up going, I want to go into ministry. I, I grew up in a ministry family. And so I identify with Jeremiah in this. He was the son of a priest, grew up in a ministry family, and was himself then called into ministry. And, and I grew up in a ministry family. My dad served in the church for 43 years, even after he retired, filling pulpits and teaching and preaching and mentoring. And, and so I grew up intimately connected with what life inside the church looked like. And I saw some beautiful things of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, some wonderful blessings of what it was to be a part of, of serving as, as a family in ministry. And I saw some really challenging things. I saw some things in the ways that my family was treated at times that said, I don't want to go into ministry at all. Uh, add on to that the fact that I was terrified of public speaking. In middle school, if I had to give a presentation, if my presentation was on Friday, y'all, it ruined the whole week. Monday through Friday, I had a stomach ache. dreaded school, didn't want to do it, didn't want to go into it. And so when I started to sense this call of God on my life, man, I did not want to do it. And yet I watched Jeremiah, this son of Hilkiah, himself growing up in a ministry family. It says, the word of the Lord came to him. And, and there's this moment where Jeremiah comes face to face with the word of God, this revelation of God in his life, and God begins to call Jeremiah into ministry. And, and one of the things that as I've wrestled with my own call into ministry that God has consistently laid on my heart is that so much of walking in obedience to Jesus Christ is simply just the next yes, right? There, there's this moment of surrendering our lives to Jesus for sure. But then after that, I I want God to give me the the 10-year plan. God, if you would just give me the roadmap, let me know where it's going to be challenging. Let me know where it's going to be a blessing. And yet often God says, you're not going to know that. You're just going to walk with me. And I want you to just be obedient to say the next yes. And so for, for our family, one of those moments of just saying the next yes was 13 years ago this March, moving out to South Dakota. You know, my wife grew up in the west suburbs of Chicago when we got married. We were living on the, the far west suburbs of Chicago. And so I have this distinct memory of driving our rental moving truck out through the Great Plains. And, and, and I thought Indiana was, was flat, right? I thought Indiana didn't have very many trees. And I discovered a new level of flat and no trees when we got to South Dakota, right? This, this is the Great Plains. This is new territory, And I remember uh, coming across on Highway 90 and then turning north on Highway 29, and we left Sioux Falls and we're going north, and I had this moment of going, I think this is the last vestige of civilization, right? (laughs) We're headed into the unknown. We're headed into the, the, the great American frontier, right, is what it felt like at the time. And, and I remember this moment where we unpacked and we're getting settled and my parents had come with me and I drove them to the airport and, and I sent them off on a flight home and I'm driving back to Brookings by myself and it was this moment of going, God, what did I do, right? We, did, we didn't have community. We didn't know anybody. This was all new territory. And I, I, yet I had this moment of God saying, Aaron, this is what I have for you. And I want you to be obedient and just responding to the next Yes. And as I read Jeremiah's story, one of the things that I noticed right away in the first three chapters, it begins by saying the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah. So this is his story. This is his account. And yet what's really important here is twice in verse two, it says the word of the Lord came to him. And in verse four, the word of the Lord came to him. And what's so fundamentally important about the call to Jeremiah is that the words in this book of Jeremiah are not Jeremiah's own words. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah. And what Jeremiah is proclaiming is the truth of God's teaching and the truth of God's word for God's people. And the thing that was so impressed on me in in my own call to ministry is, Aaron, this isn't about you. This is about Jesus Christ. It's about the word of the Lord showing up and transforming the hearts and lives of people when the word of God is proclaimed and when the word of God is walked out and lived out obediently in the lives of people through the transforming work of Jesus Christ and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And there's something about that that is so refreshing to me. Because I I, I so often feel so limited in my capacity and my ability, and yet I look at Jeremiah's story, and it's the word of God that showed up that changed the trajectory of Jeremiah's life and changed the trajectory of his calling. Verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me, to Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And I love this word to Jeremiah that God says, Jeremiah, I knew you and I designed you with a plan and a purpose and a call on your life. And church, I believe that what is true of Jeremiah is true of you and I that before we were even born, God knew us and God formed us and and intentionally designed and created us. And and church, this is why the followers of Jesus Christ have been so staunchly supportive of being pro-life and for the, the sanctity of life, because we believe that God designed and created it with intentionality and with purpose. And God knew Jeremiah before he was born and said, Jeremiah, I have a plan and a purpose for you. And church, I believe that's true of you and I as well, that God has a plan and a purpose for you, a unique design that he is created you for. I think of Ephesians 2.10 in the New Testament, where it says we are God's workmanship, Christ's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And so part of what I want us to reflect on this morning is I'm gonna tell part of my own call and journey into ministry, but what I want us to recognize is we are all called. Each one of us are called into ministry. Your family is a ministry. Your workplace is a ministry. Your neighborhood is a ministry. Yes, ministry is what I do vocationally, but that is secondary to my call to follow Jesus Christ and to live life with the outlook of ministry. Because ministry is not fundamentally what job you do. Ministry is the way that you approach life in submission and surrender to the lordship of Christ, saying, Lord, would you work in me and through me to bring your hope and grace and truth and transformation to the lives of other people? And so I believe that what's true of Jeremiah, that he is designed and created intentionally with a purpose, a God-ordained purpose, is true of you and I. And I want us to begin to look a little differently at our lives and say, what would it look like to yield my plan, my purpose, my priorities, and my agenda to the lordship of Jesus Christ and to live fundamentally, each one of us, with a ministry mindset? Now, God's call to Jeremiah is a significant one. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah, like so many of us, he responds with all the reasons why he can't do this. Verse 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. And so, so God comes to Jeremiah and he says, I have this great call in your life. And Jeremiah immediately re- responds with two reasons why he can't do it. God, I, I don't have the capacity and the ability to speak. And Lord, I'm, I'm too young. The, the, the elders aren't going to recognize my wisdom. I don't feel mature enough. I don't feel capable enough. And immediately Jeremiah responds to the call of God with all of the reasons why. He can't do this. Do you ever feel this in your own life? God calls you to something. God ordains your steps and redirects your path, and he leads you into something, and you're looking ahead at this thing that God has called you to, and you go, God, I can't do this. I don't feel competent. I don't feel capable enough. I don't feel prepared enough. And like Jeremiah, for so many of us, we start listing all of the reasons why we can't step faithfully into what God has called us to. But for Jeremiah and his call into ministry, it was never about his capacity or capability. It's about God's capacity and capability and what God can do through him. Because what it says in verse 7, as God speaks to Jeremiah, he says, Don't say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them for I am with you and I will rescue you. God says to Jeremiah, Don't don't tell me that you're not capable enough. Don't tell me that that you can't do this. I'm going to be with you. And it's the presence of God that makes the fundamental difference. And one of the things I've observed in my own life is that God has never called me to a place where I feel comfortable, competent, and capable. Every time God has called me to something, it's to step into something that feels really uncomfortable, it's to step into something that I don't feel competent or capable of doing. And and I think the reason for that is, and and I wanna be comfortable, how about you? God, would you just lead me into something that I feel like really capable and I can do this and I've got this? The problem is if that's the case, I'll trust my own strength. I'll trust my own capacity. And when God leads us to things that are beyond our capability and capacity, we have no option but to trust his grace and to trust the sufficiency of his presence. And church, what people need is not me or you and what we have to offer. What people need is the truth and the grace and the presence of Jesus Christ to transform their lives. And when we're living in a place of surrender saying, God, I don't have this. I need you to show up. It creates and it cultivates a place of reliance, of abandonment to God to say, Lord, I'm trusting my life in your hands and I'll step forward in obedience. And God promises to show up when we step out in obedience. And and I love what it says, how God responds to Isaiah. Don't be afraid of them for I am with you and I will rescue you. God doesn't tell him it's going to be easy. He doesn't say, Jeremiah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a cakewalk. I'm going to be there and it's just going to be fine. No, he's going to hit hard moments. But what God promises is both his presence and his rescue. And, and, and I love what Pastor Ben was talking about in, in that, that prayer moment this morning that sometimes I, I wrestle with God's rescue because I want God to rescue me in a certain way, I want him to do it according to my expectations. And there's so many things that when God showed up to rescue, it wasn't that he took the circumstances away. It wasn't even that it made him easier. It's that God provided in his grace the strength and the sufficiency and the capability in his power to go through a hard season. And the rescue didn't mean God took me out of it. It means that God saw me through it with his grace, with his strength. But like Jeremiah, I feel that tendency To try to make an excuse about why I can't step into what God wants for me. I remember this moment um, in high school when I really started to sense God was was calling me to ministry. And I just thought, man, there's so many reasons why I don't think this is a good idea, God, right? And uh, one summer, uh, right before my junior and senior year of high school, I was at our uh, church camp that summer. And the Holy Spirit really started to put pressure on my life that a call to ministry is what it had for me. And I just kept going, God, I don't know about this. I, I feel really uncomfortable. I, I don't want to do this. I don't think I have the gifting for it. I don't think I have the capacity for it. Uh, I don't like public speaking. I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive person. I don't like the whole leadership part of it. I, I don't know that I can do this, right? And the Holy Spirit continued to put pressure. And finally, I had this moment where I, I kind of laid out a fleece like Gideon, right? And I said, all right, Lord, if this is something you want for me, by the end of this week, I want somebody that I don't know to ask me if I'm supposed to be in ministry. And all week, nothing happened. Nothing happened. The last day of this camp, um, we signed up to do work projects at various places. And me and three or four of my friends signed up to go to an assisted living facility. And we just walked from room to room. And we we met with the residents and just kind of hung out with them. And me and uh, two or three of my friends, we walked into this lady's room. I, I couldn't tell you her name. I don't, don't know who she was, and we sat down and we're chatting, and for some reason, this woman takes my hand and my friend's hand, and she says, are you boys going to be ministers of the word? And I was like, oh no, <laughs> you weren't supposed to ask this, right? And by the way, my friend is currently at a Wesleyan church in uh, the state of Michigan as a lead pastor up there, and, and so there was something in that moment where it clicked, and God said, Aaron, I've called you to this, and you can't escape this. And trust that I will empower you to walk obediently. It's not up to you. It's not up to your strength. It's not about your capacity and capability. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're going to have those moments where you don't get it right. Surrender to me fully and completely. A few years later, there's this moment. I was interning at a church in college uh, as part of kind of the educational and developmental piece of studying to be a pastor. And for some reason, as part of this internship, uh, when I took my preaching course, Uh, The pastor at the church said, hey, we want to try something different. We want you to preach on a Sunday morning. You guys, I have no idea why they let a college student preach on a Sunday morning at this church, right? They had no reason to trust me like this. And I said, all right, let's try it. The night before I was supposed to preach, I was absolutely miserable. I hated everything. I I was sick to my stomach. I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned. And I had this moment where God and I are arguing. And I said, God, listen, I have to do this tomorrow because I can't back out. It's too late. I will preach tomorrow and then I'm done. Right? I don't want to do this. I don't want the sick to my stomach feeling. I don't want to toss and turn. I can't handle the pressure. I can't do this. This is just not me. And I preached the message that morning and there was a, a student, high school student and part of their student ministry who gave his life to Christ that day. And I prayed with him and I talked to him. And as I'm walking to my car, it was one of those moments that God didn't speak to me audibly, but it was this impression in my heart that God said, Aaron, listen, your call and your gifting is not yours to lay down or take up when and where you want. I have called you to obedience. And the phrase that stuck with me is he said, Aaron, you have no idea who waits on the other side of your obedience. And church, that's something that I want us to take hold of this morning. God has a plan and a purpose for you. Each one of us are called to a life of ministry, right? Ministry is not what you do. It's how you live. And if we are servants of Jesus Christ, by the way, that's how Paul begins Philippians, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. If we are primarily servants, we serve the agenda and the plan and the priorities that God has for us, which is to serve him, to serve his plan, to serve his purpose, Right? And church, we have no idea who waits, what waits on the other side of our obedience. And God is wanting and desiring to work in us and through us to bring hope and truth and transformation in the lives of people. And just as God speaks into all of the excuses that Jeremiah makes, don't say uh, you're afraid, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. But it's God's presence that makes all the difference, that empowers us to step into those spheres of influence that God has blessed us with and to do so with a mindset and a focus of ministry. Verse nine. God continues speaking to Jeremiah. It says, and the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and he said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Notice what God does to Jeremiah. He touches his lips, says, I've put my words in your mouth. And church, one of the things that I've noticed, and Pastor Steve said this last week, is that where God calls you, he enables you and equips you. And so often what I want is to say, God, would you enable me and equip me now so that I feel capable to step in? And what I've noticed in my own life is that often the equipping comes in the midst of the moment right? I step in in obedience and God meets me there in that place of obedience. And it's in taking that step of of, of submission and surrender and obedience, that's where God meets us and enables us. I, I want God to make me feel comfortable and capable and competent before, and yet God says, no, step in and trust that I'll meet you there. And I will enable you and equip you for the thing that I've called you to. And and so maybe this morning, you really feel the sense that God is calling you to be more missionally and ministry-minded with your family. And you're going, you know, I, I don't know if I'm deep enough or know enough. And what if my kids ask questions that I don't know? And yet you sense God saying, no, I want you to minister to your family. I want you to minister in your workplace. I want you to minister in your neighborhood. I want you to have this missional mindset of bringing the truth and the hope of the gospel right to these places. And you've got this whole list of reasons why you can't. And yet what we see in the call of Jeremiah is that when God calls us, he equips. And enables. And so what I'm saying this morning is take the step of obedience into what God has called you to and trust that He will enable you for it. That it's not about you, it's not about your capacity, it's not about your capability, it's about God's ability to work through broken people to accomplish his purpose. And what I noticed for Jeremiah too is when when he tells Jeremiah, I've put my words in your mouth. Verse 10, he says, see, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to build and to plant. He says, Jeremiah, you're going to have to teach and preach hard things. When, when he talks about uh, uprooting and tearing down, he says, Jeremiah, sometimes you're going to have to talk about judgment and you're going to talk about the places where the people of God have strayed. And he said, you're also going to build and to plant. And there's moments and seasons where you encourage, Jeremiah, I'm calling you to both. Right, And sometimes we want to look at the thing that comes naturally to us, and we, we want to be able to communicate the good things, and I would rather not communicate the hard things. And yet God calls Jeremiah to be faithful in both the whole truth and the whole counsel of God's word. As God continues speaking to Jeremiah, verse 11, it says, "'The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree,' I replied. And the Lord said to me, "'You've seen correctly, for I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled.'" The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that's boiling, I answered. It's tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north, disaster would be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdom, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up the thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods and in worshiping what their hands have made. Verse 17, get yourself ready, stand up and say whatever, Say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. So as God continues speaking to Jeremiah, he gives Jeremiah two visit, visions. In the first, he gives Jeremiah this vision of the almond tree. And, and there's a play on words that doesn't move from Hebrew to English. The, the word for almond sounds like the words to be watchful or to see. And often uh, the almond tree in, in Hebrew literature and Hebrew writing was called the awakened plant. It was the first one often to flower in the spring and to bear fruit in the spring. It was the first one that indicated a sign of life. But God gives him this vision and says, Jeremiah, I see what's happening among my people. And you get the sense that the heart of, of God is grieved, that the people of Israel have pursued other idols, that they've been worshiping other gods, and the heart is, of God is grieved at the brokenness that he sees in the house of Israel. And, and, and then there's this warning. He says, from the north, right, these other kingdoms are going to rise up, and, and there, there's the judgment of God that's coming through these other nations. And so God gives Jeremiah this deep sense of urgency, Right? Jeremiah, this this message that you're called and sent to go and proclaim, Jeremiah, it's urgent and it's fundamentally important. So he says in verse 17, get yourself ready and go step out in obedience and faithfulness to proclaim this word, to call people back to repentance, Jeremiah. And and church, the reason our our collective understanding that we are called to live with the ministry mindset, the urgency behind this, right? Right? is the brokenness of sin that we see in the world around us and people desperately are searching for the hope that only Jesus Christ can bring, for the transformation and the forgiveness that only Jesus Christ can bring. And I pray, church, that there is an urgency behind our mission. When I thought about moving to South Dakota and you're going through this process of, you know, talking to Pastor Steve and the the board and, you know, doing the interviews and the stuff that you do, I remember hearing the mission to encounter grace, grow in grace, and become grace givers. But what I wanted to know was, is that just a fun phrase that lives on the wall, right? Every organization has a mission and vision statement, right? And we print it on nice paper. We put it on a plaque, and it sits on the wall, and nobody has any idea what it is, right? Your workplace probably has one. And and I remember talking to Steve, and I said, I want to know if you're actually about that. Because if it's about encountering grace, growing in grace, becoming grace givers, is if it's about people knowing Jesus and having their life transformed, I can get behind that. I can suffer for that. I can bleed for that. But if that's a fun phrase that lives on the wall that we pay no attention to, I don't know that I want to uproot my family, move away from what's familiar. I don't know if I want to step out for something that we're not going to take seriously. But if we're about that, if we're about people knowing Jesus and having their lives utterly changed and transformed and redeemed, if we are about what Isaiah 61 says, that Jesus came to proclaim good news to the poor. This is what Jesus quotes in Luke chapter four. It says that it was fulfilled in his arrival. He came to bring good news to the poor, recovery of sight for the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring release for captives and for the prisoners. If that's what we're about is seeing people set free from sin and made alive in Christ, I can get behind that. Because church, there is an urgency to our mission. So here's what I know. I'm kind of terrified of the future. How about you? I don't know what it holds. If you've asked me, how are you feeling about the transition? I've probably said I'm excited and nervous, right? Because it's new and I don't know what it entails. And there's a hundred things that I feel not ready for yet, or not old enough for yet, or not wise enough for yet. And yet I keep going back to the story of Jeremiah and going, Aaron, it's not about you. It's not about being competent. It's not about being capable. It's about living in a reckless abandonment and obedience to the call of Jesus Christ in the urgency of the mission of God. There's a lot that I don't know, church. Here's what I do know. I want us to be a body of believers in Jesus Christ that are really passionately urgent about the call to proclaim the hope of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. That's what I know. And that's what I think God is calling us to. And what I want to see is the body of Christ raised up and equipped and empowered to be a people who live with a ministry mindset in our homes and workplaces and communities. To see God glorified, to see the gospel proclaimed, that people might encounter the grace of Jesus Christ, grow in knowledge of him, and that we would be transformed to be a people who are conduits of God's grace. I'm gonna pray for us this morning, and uh, Kyle and the worship team are gonna to continue to lead us in worship in just a moment of prayerful reflection. And I encourage you as they sing the song, talking about the goodness of God, let, let this just be a moment of, of prayerfully reflecting on this, let, let it be a reminder that even if God is calling you into a hard season, that he's good. And, and his goodness and his grace is what empowers us to step into these places with reckless obedience and abandonment. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. And, and I thank you for the example of Jeremiah. Um, like him, Lord, so many of us, when you call us to places of challenge or a place of obedience. We want to make excuses. Like Jeremiah says, I I can't speak. I'm too young. And, And sometimes, God, our lists are far longer, right? And yet, Lord, I pray that you would grace us with courage to abandon ourselves fully to you, to really trust that you're a good father. And yes, we're going to have hard seasons and we're going to hit difficult moments and we're going to come up against challenging things. But as, as you told Jeremiah, I will be with you and I will rescue you. God, we trust that that's true of us because your character is unchanging. And so, Father, would you grace us to step with courage and obedience into our call to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, every one of us, None of us are exempt from this call. You told us to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that we wouldn't just take that as some general call, but we would recognize it's for me We're each one of us called to step in, to minister in Christ to our families, to minister in Christ to our, our, our coworkers, to minister in Christ to our, our neighborhoods and our friendships. God, help us to step into that with the boldness and with the urgency that you give Jeremiah. Make yourself ready and you must go and you must say to them, whatever I command you. And Father, we trust again that you are good and that you will go with us and that we'll encounter your rescue. Maybe not always in the ways that we anticipate, but God, would you help us to relentlessly trust your goodness. Father, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.